Psalms 54, verse 1 through 4, will be our area of study uh, tonight. And <clears throat> David um, looking for deliverance from adversaries. Um, we can read it together there in, in Psalms 54. It says, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them, Selah. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. And then he goes on saying that he'll repay his enemies for their evil. Why was, why did David have a lot of the problems that he had. <clears throat> Bad choices. Yeah. Bad choices. I go back to my kiddos at school. Um, I always tell them, good choices bring about good things. Bad choices bring about bad things. I can go up and down the hallway and I can ask them, what does bad choices bring? Bad things, Mr. Matthew. What about good choices? Good things. We'll talk about the good things a lot of times. We'll talk about the bad things. A lot of times in our own lives, just as David, as we see here, he's seeking... Um, salvation, if you will, or uh, escaping from his adversaries, a lot of his problem, as was already stated, was brought on by the bad choices he made. Um, a lot of times we in our own lives will say, man, all this is happening, or all this, why do I, why am I dealing with this? Why am I dealing with that? Why? A lot of it is because of our own, what? Choices. If we had made better choices, we might not have had to deal with what we're dealing with. Yeah. You're right. Um, we've got a little girl right now that I'm working with. You saying that made me think of this. Every time she comes to the judgment table, that's what I call it, when she comes to me with issues, it's always somebody else's fault. I told her the other day, I said, young lady, I said, you'll do well in life to figure out that 
The choices you're making is what's bringing this on, not what they're doing. Well, if they hadn't have done it, I said, no, if they, they ain't done nothing, I said, it's what you've done. Um, <clears throat> and that's something, whether y'all believe it or not, that's something we're lacking in our society. <laughs> you know what it's called? Ownership. Ownership and responsibility of your actions. We as parents for so many long years now <laughs> have, have allowed our children, with our children, it's never their fault. Now, when they do things at home, yeah, that's their fault. We say, well, but outside of that, it's always pretty much they don't like me, or I had problems years ago with that person, so that's why that's happening. Uh, that's how it usually goes. And believe it or not, our children pick up on that, and they know. They know. They know, and children, some children are good at manipulating y'all, y'all, and me <laughs> through the years. They'll manipulate you because, boy, they're sneaky. They'll do something, and, man, and they'll know if they do something, and then they run and tell you or tell whoever, they know you're going to come to their defense, and no matter what they did, A lot of times, and I, again, I can speak from experience because I'm in the school system. A lot of times, it's always the teacher's fault. Now, mind you, we have a lot of teachers that are not living up to moral standards, and that bothers me, to be honest with you. That bothers me a whole lot. Um, just about in the school systems now, not just here, but everywhere, Besides of molesting a child or murdering somebody, you can still keep your job. <laughs> and that's really sad to me, to be honest with you, because we're supposed to be role models for our children. <laughs> um, and, and that's not, to me, that's not right. But again, I'm chasing rabbits again, but uh, choices that are made. <clears throat> As you can see on your outline, uh, do we have any outlines left? You had one extra? Do y'all need it? Um, I didn't keep one for myself. <laughs> I might need one. Uh, as you can see there, some of the more traumatic years of David's life were in the middle years. What would we consider middle years? Now, y'all be careful how y'all answer that. What would you consider the middle years? What age frame would you say? 30 to 50? 15, 25. <laughs> uh, whatever you claim the middle years are, um, a lot of that was in David's life is when he made those bad choices. Kind of the middle years to adulthood. Uh, so if you notice, uh, he had all kind of problems with his grown children, remember. 
Um, he had flagrantly sinned by having extramarital relations with Bathsheba. Then he tried to do what? Cover it up by having her husband what? Killed in battle. And his problems, if you read David's history, seem to multiply during this time. <clears throat> I guess I got worse. And he turned to God, fortunately, he turned to God for answers. Now, often, as you can see on your outline there, these middle years are often called what? Midlife crisis. There's been a lot of books written on that. Midlife crisis. Just what is a midlife crisis? Things for different people. Talking about these middle years. Yeah, that's that's later on. Yeah, that's later on in this outline. <laughs> Sometimes it's excuse. Boredom. Sitting in the driveway. Um. You know, uh, different people, I guess, could answer different answers or, or whatever for that. Um, that's kind of how I envisioned it. Boy, you're young and you're climbing up that steep hill, steep hill, steep hill, steep hill, steep hill, then you plateau. And then what happens? You start going down the other side of that hill. <laughs> that's kind of how I envisioned it. Um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about some things here, here later on. But it's a it's a it's a it's a really a, a true emotional thing. Um, but it's something that we Christians should be able to what deal with. deal with it in the right way. Sometimes an excuse. How many marriages have went and that been used for the? And I mean, you tell me, talking about marriages and problems in the home and this, that, and the other, midlife crisis in the middle years, you tell me how you can wake up one morning and say that you don't love your mate no more after 25 or 30 years. How is that? I mean, it's possible that you can, that that can happen. Yeah. It don't happen overnight. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, the way. That's right. They don't. I've always said that you can fall out of love as quickly as you fell in love. And you fall out of love because you quit doing the things that you used to do to help you fall in love. Now, yeah, you got to reach Kendall. Yeah, she's exactly right. The relationship. Um, but again, midlife crisis. Some pass this idea off lightly. Others are fully uh, under number two there, the midlife crisis part. Um, it would seem that middle years do possess some special dangers and therefore social challenges or special challenges, but also special blessings. 
even possess unique qualities as well, older but not aged, experience wise, um, generally stable. But yet, with all that said, it's a volatile time in one's, one's life. Um, they can be challenging uh, because of the sayings of men. Change is the spice of life. Life begins at 40. You're as old as you think and as young as you feel. Age is a matter of mind. Dress young and you'll act young. The middle years can be challenging. Take it from uh, of what we've seen in our society. They can be. Um, it's not only the challenge to survive, but to meet the crisis that come and to meet them in positive ways, to grow from them. Uh, and let, letting them be fulfilling and satisfying years, but especially deepening the relationship with God. Now you think about you think about marriages and the home and relationships and things. Someone mentioned boredom a while ago. Um, you know, if if your if your mate is is boredom is that how you say that boredom to you? <laughs> boring to you? Uh, Y'all need to sit down and talk. Boring. I'm gonna tell you now. I'm gonna tell you, it ain't nothing boring about Miss Amanda. Son, she she stays on top of it. She stays on top. What'd you say? Come back there and mess your hair up. Uh, but you you you've got to look for those things, those middle years. Now we've got a lot of people in here who have went through those middle years and are in the older part now, and, and could probably give us what? Some advice and some wisdom, how you get through that. You know, um, <clears throat> people who go through different situations, there's nobody better than them, or well, the only thing better is God and the Word of God to give advice on those situations. So that's something, I think that's something we fail to utilize in the Lord's church a lot of times. Um, I feel like sometimes we, for, we don't utilize our mistakes. When we make mistakes and we know someone or we're about to see that someone's about to make that same mistake, we should be able to talk to them and say, hey, I've been down that road. Don't go down that road. Or, hey, this is how I dealt with that. That's how we had to use our adversities in our, in our life. Um, but what about uh, number one in the, on the outline there, the challenge of work? Uh, kind of broken up here for men. His job is his primary emphasis in life. It means a livelihood for he and his family. Uh, man should work. If he doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. He should take care of his family. The Bible describes him as being worse than what? Infidel. If a man doesn't take care of his family and provide for his family, something's wrong with him. Now, a lot of, now I say something's wrong with him. 
a lot of our young men growing up today don't know how to take care of a family. You know why? They've never been shown. That's the sad part. You, you people, little girls, y'all got a challenge to find those young men as they grow older and marry. And on the other side of that coin, those young men you've got, you're going to have a challenge to find a young lady who is what she should be. Uh, so, but for the man on this side of the coin of talking about these middle years, um, their satisfaction in a man being able to take care of his family and provide, isn't there? If a man can't, if a man's truly a man, if he can't do that, what's going to happen to him? Going what? Going incomplete. He feels incomplete. Can't take care of a family. And that goes really deeper, goes back to in Scripture where God put man, what? In charge, over the home. That's the way God instituted the home. And that's the way I, we should bring our young men up, is to be those leaders of the home and to provide for their families. You take care of your, your wife. If you, you know, old Jerry Clary used to say, he said, until we teach our young people that if you, uh, when you birth that one, you take care of that one. He said, until we do that, he said, we got problems. And he always used an illustration of a dog biting, a, biting an old coon dog, biting a man because he's messing with her, with her puppies. And uh, he always used the illustration of a, a felark bird, field, field bird, acting like it was, had a broken wing as a little boy. And his mama told him, says, she was leading you away from her nest because she was protecting her babies. I'm going to tell you, we got young people today who have children just to have them, and they don't protect them. They don't take care of them. Yeah, they run off. They they could care less. You're, you're right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Run off. It's like trading cars, ain't it? What model would you be, Louise, if we traded you on? <laughs> oh my. Um, but but again, uh, a man's ego is tied up in that. Um, these years can pose a threat in that area. His, his very age is a factor. While younger, uh, you think about it, if a man while he was younger lost his job, what could he do? He'd get, he'd get another one, couldn't he? Man my age or older or whatever loses his job, what does he do? He might not be. It's just, I'm going to tell you what, it's something too about a lot of times about our older ministers too. I've seen this in the Lord's church. My grandfather suffered it. Um... It's a lot of times when a minister gets older and up in age, congregations what? Trade them off. They don't want them. Um, for the very reason that we want somebody younger to appeal to people and, and families and, and things like that. I've seen that happen in the Lord's church. Uh, and that really, really brings it. And I'm going to tell you, I've always said this too. Um, our old ministers suffer from great depression. If y'all don't believe me, just go talk to them. They do. They suffer from it. Uh, I can remember one time that Amanda and I, when we moved to Tennessee, we were not going to, this is what we were not going to do, 
We were not going to preach. We were not going to work with the youth. We were not going to do anything along those lines. We were just going to go to church and be like everybody else. I was okay with that for a little while, and then somebody come, they come, they found out I used to do that, and then um, we went to Gainesboro and we started working the circuit here. And told somebody the other day, I said, "You know, you're old when your son goes back and preaches where you used to preach." and where he was about this tall and runs around and tore up everything because uh, he was back at Free State um, but, uh, the last Sunday. But, but again, uh, those things happen that way, and, and we need to be aware of those things. And this is a lesson, not, I said, not for our older group, really, but you can share a lot of wisdom with we younger people. Um, so again, that work being uh, a part of that, uh, these middle years are usually a peak years of expenses. You know, people are, are buying their homes, their education, education for their children, uh, fulfilling obligations to family, community, and the church. Um, all can bring undue pressures on finances. Um, so a man's work can be really, really challenging uh, during, during this time. Uh, if he's not satisfied with his job, he often feels trapped, maybe a dead end, if you will. Uh, dreams not, uh, not to be realized, maybe on a downhill slide for him. Um, what about for women? Could be somewhat of the same problem uh, of the man in a similar ways. Um, if the children are all about ready to leave home, guess what? That's coming to all you little mamas. Your children's going to grow up. And one day, a lot of y'all can realize, y'all can, can tell us younger people about that. It's like they're there, and then what? They're gone. And they call it, well, they got a word for that, empty nest. All your children are gone. Now what do you do with all your time? I know I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be going. Y'all need to get on out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all cutting it on my fishing time. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy having our children there, and, and I know you do too, but one day it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. And it's closer for me now than it was a few years ago. Um, so, you know, th those times are challenging for women. Uh, because what does the mama usually do? They usually take care of what? The kids and the family. And once all the family's gone, they're just like the man when he has nothing else to do or whatever, or maybe loses the ability to go and work. You know, that's one thing I remember about O'Neill when he got sick. Uh, and, and I'm sure Brother Eddie as well, too, Miss Betty, that when he couldn't go out on the farm and work, yeah, that, that was hard, wasn't it? O'Neill, that was his therapy. Uh, he wanted to be on that farm and working. And when he couldn't do that no more, boy, it was tough on him. Uh, very, very tough on him. Um, but, but again, oh, she loses those things. So how to deal with these challenges um, and, and then when those changes come? Uh, I think, number one, we, we've got to, to say that we have to be able to change with it. Um, and being able to change as those changes come in our lives shows great maturity in us. You know, David would have done well to, to be able to master that, wouldn't he? Instead of making the choices that he made. 
in these years, these middle years for men and women, we see all kinds of problems in marriages and homes. Um, you know, we must recognize uh, the fact of life that this is God's design. Now, if you ain't faced it, you're going to face it. If you ain't facing it, you're, you're in it right now, or you're going to get it, you're about out of it, whatever. You're going to face it. Every one of us is going to face this challenge we're talking about tonight. But we have to understand that this is God's design. Humans grow what? Old. We're going to grow old. Uh, to turn to God and miss these changes for comfort and, and desolation. When you look at Psalms 51, uh, and, and verses 10 and, and 11, you see that David turned to God. Um, verse 10 uh, says to, tells us, It's creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verses 10 and 11, chapter 51 of Psalms there. Also through these times, we need to remember Matthew 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. <coughs> That's when we, that would save a whole lot of marriages. <laughs> when someone says, I just don't love him anymore, I don't love her anymore. Or they start looking on the other side of the fence. Um, it would save a whole lot. Yeah, it, it, would save a, it would save a whole lot, wouldn't it? Um, if people would seek God first. Um, we know that the Lord will not forsake us. Hebrews 13, verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of those changes and a lot of these things we're talking about tonight is all driven by our pride. Now, what does the Scripture say about that? Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goes before what? A fall or destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Um... You know, in Psalms 118 and verse 71, it says, It is good that I've been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. When we say that, it's been good that I've been afflicted. It's been good that I've had what? Troubles. Because it makes me, it makes me learn what you want me to do. Humbleness, that's right. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, he said, For whatever state... Uh, for I have learned for whatever state that I am in to be what? Content. Why can we not be content with gray hair? We want some other color. <laughs> uh, why can't, you know, I, I, it used to bother me, my, my, um, my wife was telling somebody the other night, says, Matthew's beard used to be have red tint to it, and it was real brown and red tint, and she said, now it's this color. <laughs> I'm proud of my white beard and my little white streaks over here. I'm proud of those. Why? Because they're still there. So I've got hair number one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It's still there. But that means I've lived a, a, good, a good long life so far, hasn't it? Shows a little wisdom, doesn't it? The Bible talks about the hoary head showing wisdom. Uh, so why, why do we, you know, we, we, we struggle with those things? Uh, and that's the next section about the physical changes. 
Uh, a lot of our, our women especially deal with this, not so much really from men. Sometimes it's that way, but um, it's not a period of time. It's not a pleasant time for them. Uh, you know, they, they look, uh, you know, they, they start looking at those physical changes of the body, and so does the man, and, you know, and we're like, oh, man, we're getting old, and um, all these things play into our mind, and it brings about psychological problems. Um, men and women both have, a, have an issue with losing their youth. Why do so many middle-aged men end up with broken legs and arms and hips and, and things like that? Trying to do stuff they used to do. That's the key. Now, you tell you what, you, you give us a ladder, you give us a 40-foot ladder over a pool full of sharks, and we'll try to figure out how to change the light bulb uh, with no concern of getting eaten by the shark. <laughs> uh, but it's things we used to be able to do. Last, we was on a retreat not so long ago, and, and they were wanting me to play basketball, and I finally got out there and played basketball with them. But you know the whole time what I was thinking about? Man, if I break my arm or leg, there's no more this and no more that. We have to be sensible, right? Yeah, about these things, but sometimes we don't. Um, you know, some fight the changes strongly. Uh, sometimes health problems start showing up. Our energy supply is not what it used to be. Uh, we try to hold back the aging process. They dye their hair dark so the gray won't show. They try to dress and act young. My wife and I, we have conversations. <laughs> it's just obvious sometimes older, older folks just don't need to wear some things. <laughs> We're like, nah, I don't go with 62 <laughs> or 52. Um, but a lot of people want to try to dress and act young. Uh, they buy, uh, oh yeah, this is the one I started right here. They buy sportier cars. <laughs> That's the one I started, right? I was studying this other night, and I told Amanda, I said, I said, I got Brother Jimmy now, buddy. I said, That's his retirement car. That's his re Oh, man. Yeah, that, that note on there. I was studying that last week and earlier for this week. I said, oh, Brother Jimmy, I got him now. <laughs> Your reward. That's right. Uh, no midlife crisis in, right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, they exercise frantically to keep young. They keep their birthdays at 39. <laughs> Anybody else done that? Um, but they will eventually lose the battle, kicking and screaming. Um, now, I see the kids out there, and I, I didn't get all the way through. I may try to finish this up next week. Uh, so just keep that one, and we'll try to talk some more about it. These things in our life uh, that we deal with. 